You're listening to Stimulus Tech Talk, a conversation-based podcast created by Stimulus Technologies that covers a range of topics related to business and technology. Welcome to Stimulus Tech Talk. I am Sherry Lip, Marketing Manager at Stimulus Technologies, and today I'm here with Stimulus Technology CEO Nathan Whitaker, and we're going to be talking about social engineering. Welcome, Nathan. Thanks, Sherry. To get us started, um, some people probably know what social engineering is, but they're not familiar with that term. Can you give us an overview of what it means? Well, let me share a brief story um, to illustrate what social engineering is before I just jump into the definition. Um, So I I started working at a small computer store when I was 16. Um, And one day uh, somebody called up the store and said, hey, I'm um, so-and-so from the copier repair company, and we need to send out some toner and... um, and some repairs for your copier, uh, but we need to verify the model and serial number. And as a 16-year-old, I was uh, eager and uh, to help out the person that was calling. And I walk over to the copier and and uh, start giving out the the model number of the copier. And one of the other employees comes over and says, "Hey, what are you doing?" I said, "Well, I got the copier repair people on the phone." And and they said, "We don't have a copier repair company." Uh, please hang up the phone, and which I did. And come to find out, I was a victim of a social engineering attack, which is um, basically social engineering is getting somebody to do something that they may not necessarily do on their own. And, you know, that's that's the goal of, of these social engineers is to get people to um, believe them and give information out or do something they might not necessarily want to do. All right. Um, And so what other types of common um, social engineering should businesses be on the lookout for? You know, there's there's all kinds of things out there that are kind of under this pretext or this this uh, holy whole overarching topic of social engineering. And and, you know, one of the most famous uh, attackers um, in the last call it 30 years um, that use social engineering or pioneered social engineering um, use in hacking was Kevin Mitnick. And um, I really like this this quote that he has or comment that he has. It says, I was so successful in the line of attack that I rarely had to resort to a technical attack. Companies can spend millions of dollars toward technological protections. And that's wasted if somebody can basically call someone on the telephone or either convince them to do something on the computer that lowers the company's defenses or reveals information that they're seeking. And so... You know, the the goal of these hackers is to get employees to give out information that they shouldn't or may not necessarily, um, you know, should be disclosed to the general public. And hackers will use a bunch of different uh, tools and techniques to do that. Um, One of them is very common. Everybody has heard of phishing before. um, And it's spelled with a PH. And basically, it's, um, you know, getting, you know, collecting unsolicited information or sending out unsolicited attempts to retrieve um, sensitive information about the company or organization. And the problem is, you know, with, with organizations and with people in general is we, we tend to trust too much. We have an open society and we have this um, psychological 
um, problem in our minds, most people do, of this default to truth. Researchers call it default to truth, where we believe by default that the person that we're talking to is genuinely honest or you know has our interest in uh, in mind. And with hackers, obviously they're not, they don't have our interest in mind. They have the other person's interest in mind. And so, um, but unfortunately, because we default to truth, we're willing to give out information that, um, you know, we may not know is sensitive or may not think is sensitive. And, uh, so phishing is pretty common. Um, they use other techniques, um, involved in that, like baiting where they um, use a series of attacks uh, to get additional information or pretexting where they pretend to be somebody else um, like that copier vendor um, to get information. But because we default to truth, we believe um, and want to be helpful to the person on the other side of the phone or on the other side of the email. And we're willing to share that information um, that, that allows for the attack. And do you think, so, um, I was, you know, as a new employee with you, I, you know, got that email to do something, for, you know, somebody posing as you and they were kind of playing on, they may have even known I was new to the company and I wanted to please you. So how do you, what do you think employees, um, employers can train their employees to do, you know, cause I had a similar thing where another employee is like, that's not, not happening you know um where somebody told me but if i you know if employees on their own how can an employer train them to be on the lookout for something like that uh be paranoid <laughs> tell your employees that they need to be paranoid um i hate to say it but uh you know question everything if you're asked for information uh by an outside vendor um you know Tell your train your employees to be as paranoid as possible and then ask uh, for confirmation. Um, I have a forthcoming book um, and I talk a lot about this of um, I call it, uh, you know, two factor authentication or two factor um, operations where, um, you know, we, we often talk about two factor authentication where you have to enter a second code. But, you know, talking about procedures and operations inside the company, um, you know, think about you know, everything you do, you should be asking somebody else if that's appropriate. And then, you know, understanding that even innocuous information about a company, um, just names of people, um, you know, way that, you know, companies operate, hackers can use that information to develop a complex attack on an organization. So, um, you know, part of cybersecurity training in general is teaching people about all the types of attacks that can happen so that we're immediately paranoid. And I hate, I hate to say that, but you know, um, the, the paranoid are the ones that don't get, don't get hit. Um, it's the, you know, us that want to be friendly and helpful and, you know, give good customer service and, and we want to be helpful to other people. Um, that leads to these type of attacks. And one of the most, and this is maybe for regular users and outside of business, although people could potentially give up business information is like the social um, media quizzes where they're asking people for information to get names and, and stuff like that. So what should people kind of be on the lookout for there? Should, I mean, they should probably avoid it. Yeah, that's a really common thing is, you know, these social media quizzes are asking a lot of 
innocuous or perceived innocuous information um, that they're using to collect information about you. And, you know, you think about those, those quizzes that you find online that ask for, um, you know, build your uh, vampire name or your whatever name is, and, and you are giving and matching um, names up with your month and date of birth and things like that, or your year of birth. Um, you know, they might ask information about your parents or things like that. And, and over time, through these, these quizzes or through social media, um, they're gathering information about you that they can use to make a complex attack on you. And over time, that information can be used to get enough information like your date of birth or uh, potentially your location of birth, uh, parents' information. And then they're going to use that information to... Uh, along with a bunch of other information they might gather on the dark web uh, to open up maybe credit card accounts for you or against your credit, um, uh, maybe use it uh, for logging in. You know, you have those three questions that you sometimes have to answer to log into your account. Um, they might use that to get into your bank account, or there's a lot of ways that they can manipulate this information. So again, it goes back to that social engineering and, and using innocuous information uh, to generate these complex attacks. So I recommend don't do them at all. <laughs> so it's uh, not a good general practice to share information like that online. Um, I use social media a lot. Um, it's great to interact with people, but I definitely um, stay away from those, you know, those quizzes or just sharing any general information like that. And, and also be careful on social media to check your privacy. Um, I recommend turning off your birthday or date um, online, maybe place of birth. Don't share that information, even with friends, because sometimes friends accounts can get hacked. And uh, hackers can get in there and, and garner that information online. Yeah. And nowadays, people can use image search to find out where you are pretty easily. One that I see is like parents posing, having their kids pose with the name of their school in front of their house. You know, that's that's definitely need to be careful on social media. Um, so in addition, so... They can get calls. That's one thing people don't think of when we're talking about cybersecurity is that, you know, the phone is, is also a, a big tool that hackers can use to get you and they can get you to log into accounts. Um, I knew somebody who, who had somebody take over by screen share, you know, at work thinking that it was their IT company. Um, so that's, you know, another form of the people phishing to get, you know, to get you to do something you shouldn't. Um, so what should an employee do if they think that they are being fished? Uh, I immediately report it to their IT uh, company or IT department of um, any, any, if you feel uncomfortable about doing something, um, don't, don't do it, just report it. And it's better to ask. It goes back to that, you know, two factor um, operations where, you know, just if it, if it feels weird, if it looks weird, don't do it. Ask. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, the social engineering and the phishing attempts are getting you to do something you wouldn't necessarily do. And there's always a sense of urgency that comes with it, too. You know, that uh, if you don't do it right now, something bad is going to happen. You know, in personal attacks, a great example of this is um, you might get a phone call, as you know, you were saying uh, from the power company and say, 
um, we're going to shut your power off in 30 minutes um, if you don't pay your power bill right now. And I've, I've heard of examples of, you know, having to take cash down to the gas station down the street or something crazy like that uh, to make these payments. And, and there's always a sense of urgency with, um, with any social engineering attack. And so it's, it's good you know, to take a minute, take a deep breath, uh, verify the information through other means, um, you know, contact the company that they say that they're representing by not by the number that they give you, but by the number you have on your account statement or your credit card um, or some type of billing statement so that you actually are contacting the company that you think you are. Um, the other thing that's really common now, too, that I've seen is we set up this two-factor authentication for logging into you know, your email address, maybe your computer, your bank accounts. And hackers will, um, if they steal your credentials, they'll call you and say, hey, I'm support from Microsoft. I'm trying to help you with this. Uh, with, I mean, they might even say like with this attack on your online, but I need this, this code that just appeared on your phone. And you're like, oh yeah, this code just appeared on my phone. Um, and then they give it to the hacker, and now they have access to your account. So um, these hackers are are smart enough to get around um, these two-factor authentications by calling the users. So never, ever, ever give out those codes uh, to anybody over the phone because that's one line of attack that hackers are going to give you. And, and honestly, they use that pressure of got to do it now to get you to do something you wouldn't necessarily do. So just take a moment to breathe. Uh, be... Um, you know, on the lookout, be paranoid. And, uh, you know, the, the hackers are, are, are going to move on if you act paranoid. Okay, that's a really good tip there. Um, so if a business does find themselves with a breach, you know, somebody did fall for a, a phishing trap, uh, what's the first steps they should take? Contact your cybersecurity vendor uh, and IT vendor. Um, it's really important to go through all the accounts. Um, once they get access to one account or more, um, they can spread very quickly um, across the entire organization. Um, especially like, um, as you were mentioning, um, account takeovers or PC takeovers, they could potentially install uh, backdoors on the computer so they can access the systems without you um, access, you know, being involved. We've seen that a lot, um, that a user will give access, uh, to a, uh, a hacker to their system or to their email. And then they're using that as an entry point into the network that they can infiltrate more. So, um, don't be, you know, if you, if you suspect it, if you fell for it, don't be embarrassed. It's better to report it quicker, um, than wait. The longer you wait gives the hackers more time to infiltrate into the network. So, um, just admit it, admit what you did. Um, you're not going to get in, hopefully not going to get in trouble for that. Um, because you know, if you can get your IT people on it, the sooner, the, the, the better it is. All right. Um, and so where, one last question here, where, where can businesses go to get more training or to learn how to train their own employees on this? So we recommend at Stimulus um, a, a set of training, and we we offer it uh, to our clients, and it's relatively inexpensive to do this employee training. So um, we we do an annual assessment um, that they have to take. It's about a one to two hour uh, training with a test at the end, and then weekly micro trainings that are about five minutes each, which includes a video and a short quiz, and just 
keeping that top of mind awareness of the the attacks that are out there, things that are going on, um, really helps the employees be on the lookout for different types of attacks. Um, the other thing that we do for our clients is uh, do test phishing. So we will, or simulated phishing. So we'll send out simulated attacks and see which employees are following for those so that we can provide additional training to those employees. Um, the last thing too is, is monitoring uh, usernames and passwords that might be out on the dark web for sale and then ensuring that those are, um, you know, those users are changing those passwords often. Um, so, you know, that ongoing training is really important. It's not that expensive. Um, and it's just a way to keep that top of mind awareness and create additional paranoia with your employees. Um, you know, we, we're not going to be running around wearing tin hats, but just be on the lookout and alert for these these emails and the attacks that constantly come in. All right. Um, well, so that's all the questions I have. Um, any final thoughts on social engineering? I, I just go back to the beginning. Most cybersecurity attacks start with social engineering, and it really starts with information that just seems you know, rudimentary just seems like you'd be willing to share, but attackers, um, whether it's an unsophisticated attack where they're just, you know, blasting everybody inside the organization or a very specific attack, they usually start with just gathering information. And so the less information that you train your people and you are willing to share with others, uh, the better. So just be paranoid um, when dealing with uh, people you don't know with, uh, with even potential vendors don't share information that, uh, you know, could be used on attacks. And then on social media, just be as, um, you know, paranoid as possible too, because that information can be collected and used against you. So it's, uh, it's kind of scary out there. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of danger online and, and um, uh, just, uh, just be alert for what's out there. All right. Well, thanks so much, Nathan. Thanks, Sherry. It's always great to be here. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Stimulus Tech Talk. Be sure to subscribe and tune in to our next broadcast.